Blog Talk Radio. The Coke Zero Sugar 400 at Daytona. Go to be thrilled at the summer's biggest night race. Go to be inspired as we celebrate Independence Day and honor our military. Go to have fun with a live pre-race concert and an incredible post-race fireworks show. Go together with your family and friends to the Coke Zero Sugar 400 at Daytona, Saturday night, July 7th. Get your tickets at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com or call 1-800-PIT-SHOP. This is Spencer Boyd, driver of the number 76 grunt-style Chevy Camaro. Listen to the pit stop with Tim Despain. Good evening from Dega Nation. I'm Tim Spain, alongside SpeedwayDigest.com and Mr. Stephen Wilson. The way the crow flies approximately eight miles south of the 2.66-mile monster we call Talladega Super Speedway. At this time, let's go ahead and bring our Reverend, Mr. Reverend Joe, on and get everything going. It's happy 4th of July to everybody. So we're going to bring Reverend Joe in, the official Reverend of the pit stop, Tim Spain and Stephen Wilson. Reverend, how you doing tonight, brother? I'm doing okay. How you doing, Tim? I'm doing good. Like I keep saying, I, I think week after week, as, since I had this hip replacement, it keeps getting better and better. And uh, I know, uh, to let everybody know, everybody probably knows, we took off last week. But um, Reverend Joe, you and Miss Betty made the, made the trek down to Sonoma for the road course race. Uh, do you want to go ahead and do the invocation? We'll talk a little bit about that before we let you jump out of here. Sure. Absolutely. Lord, we come before you today and we thank you. We thank you for the fact that you allow us to live in such a great nation where we get to celebrate another birthday tomorrow. I want you to be with everyone, please, Lord, who's traveling, who's going to visit, who's having parties. Keep them all safe and sane. Keep everyone out of harm's way. Help all our racers all over the country who will be competing this weekend in special events because of the holiday. And be with us all. And we'll never forget what you did for us when you sent your son, Jesus, to die for our sins so we could have a clean run into heaven just by believing in him. So we ask your blessings on all of us, and we thank you in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen, Reverend Joe. Yeah, uh, like I mentioned, we all took off last week. Stephen Wilson, Stephen's in here now. Stephen, uh, they went down to to Disney World, and then you know, y'all went to Sonoma. Talk a little bit about what all went on out there at at uh, Sonoma. What all did you get to see, brother? So Sonoma is a, a, an amazing place. I hadn't been there in probably 12 years, but they they sure took good care of us there. It's a beautiful facility. It's kind of in the middle of a swamp. You cross through this really ugly swamp at the top of the uh, waterway there. You know, um, San Francisco south of that, but you're up there in the hills, and it's just all open fields, and the racetrack runs up and down some pretty darn steep hills. I sure wouldn't want to walk it, much less try to run it. But uh, it's it's a great place, wonderful people there, 
and a good place to watch a race. Absolutely, Reverend Joe. And Stephen's not a he's not a big fan of road course racing. He has he has never been. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna let you and Stephen talk, uh, Reverend, because I know you you hadn't spoke with him in a while. So I'm gonna hand you over to SpeedwayDigest.com, Mr. Stephen Woods. I'm pretty sure he might have a couple of questions about Sonoma or what have you. Sure. Stephen, hey, y'all in here now? Yep. Yeah, we got you, brother. All right, good, good. That's that's good. Um, no, I I don't know because I didn't watch the race from Sonoma. I was uh, <laughs> I, I was uh, I was heading to Florida and I was in Florida, so I really didn't get to see much of anything going on out there at Sonoma. I barely got to watch the truck race on Friday night and. uh, uh, from Iowa, but aside from that, um, the whole weekend, um, I was either on the road or out at the parks or doing some other things. And to be honest with you, I, I, I didn't, I didn't see anything that happened in Sonoma. So, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to talk about Sunday? when we come. To... No, no, I didn't watch a recap because we didn't come back home until Sunday and we got back home just before, uh, the Chicago race. So, huh. uh, um, yeah, I was I was playing a lot of catch up over the last nine, ten days or so, and it's just uh, I just haven't seen a whole lot of stuff. So uh, you know, I did get to see the 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 Cup race there in Chicago, but um, you know, the rest of the stuff, Xfinity and trucks there, I didn't get to see them at all either. So uh, yeah, I've been playing a lot of catch up here in the last ten days or so, um, seeing what's going on in the sport. Would you do take up golf or something? <laughs> no, 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 I, I, I don't play golf. I don't, I don't play golf. I, I, I don't have the, uh, the, uh, the patience to play golf. It's like, oh, it's like fishing. Um, I, I, I've, I've lost my patience to do anything that takes, uh, three or four hours, and you have to walk you know, 9,000 miles um, to do. So, uh, yeah, I don't play it. I don't play it. I I don't like anything that the lowest score is called the winner. You know, it's just, it seems strange. But um, racing a lot more exciting and interesting, and I'm surprised you weren't jonesing by the time you got home without seeing the races. But Sonoma was really a beautiful, beautiful day. It was hot, but a ton of people there. Uh, stands were full, people all around the track, um, got to visit with a lot of drivers. Um, most, I spent a lot of time with the officials, which is one thing I always do because they're kind of the forgotten people of NASCAR. And actually any sport, officials kind of get shoved off to the side, but without them, what would we be doing? Somebody's got to keep things in order, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we do somehow. Uh, but um, back to your point, <laughs> yeah, I, I missed a lot of things, um, but that's okay. Sometimes I, I like everybody else, have to uh, walk away for a little while and recharge the batteries. And uh, I'm sure some of these teams that have been on the road for the entire year probably feel like that sometimes also. And uh, um, that, that, that's kind of – got to do this a couple times a year, otherwise I don't – make it to the whole 36 race schedule um sometimes i just have to have to recharge for a weekend and that time was 10 days and we don't go back and do any more long stuff until after the season is over we'll be going back in december and then 
January, so uh, a lot of stuff in the off season. But you know, at least halfway or so through the season, uh, I pick at least one race a weekend or two that I just you know we just uh, we go and do some stuff, and uh, you know I really don't pay much attention to it. I post a few things here and there, and. I'm not really very timely when it comes to, you know, those qualifying results and points, but, you know, I eventually get it up at some point. Yeah, I don't know how you get all that stuff posted like you do. You guys do a great job of posting so much stuff that uh, I don't know how you even have the time for it. But, you know, I'm talking to a lot of the guys on the crews and whatever. Um, They were all saying how this past winter seemed to last about 15 seconds. And, you know, here we are in the middle of the season, and the break is coming up soon, but it'll be over so quick it isn't funny. It's not an easy, you know, everybody thinks auto racing is so glamorous. It is, and it's a lot of fun. But, boy, it's a lot of work and a lot of time. Yes, sir, it is, Reverend. It It is. And, Reverend, uh, I want to thank you. I probably haven't thanked you in a, in a while, but you've been – We've been doing this show now for five years. It's really blowed up. We really appreciate you. You know, like Stephen says, we all have to step back, recharge your batteries, get a five-hour energy. And I throw that out there. Maybe we'll get a sponsorship out of that. One. You know, <laughs> good idea. Just, just, sort of, just sort of jump back and recharge. But Reverend, uh, you do a great job, and uh, I want to let you uh, thank anybody that that has helped you. I know you know you you come up racing years ago. Anybody that has helped you get where you're at now, your social media sites and your website, brother, you got the floor. Thank you. Uh, our our website is ontrackwithjesus.org. My email address is ontrackwithjesus at aol.com. And my uh, phone number is 951-232-7630. Always available if someone needs to talk. But, uh, you know, over the years, throughout the years, there's been so, so many people that help me everywhere we go. We wouldn't have gone to, gotten to go to Sonoma. You know, we got a new motorhome last year, uh, back in September. Not, uh, not a cheap thing, that's for sure. And so that we could do more traveling this year. And when we called around to some of these places at the racetracks, the price of renting a park, you know, a spot in a campground at these tracks is outrageous. And with Betty and I both being handicapped, um, like Sonoma's on the side of the hill. You've got to walk down the hill and up the hill. It's so steep to get back and forth to the to your motorhome. It's brutal. But at Vegas, we met up with a gentleman who'd been involved with Sonoma for years, and he hooked us up with the right people. And my thanks go out to all of them who helped us, provided us with a great space in an easy-to-get-to location, made our whole day. And they have a couple of people, you know, several people that run around with vans to pick people up. And, boy, there were a couple of people there that I called. And when they picked up the phone, they said, okay, Joe, you ready to go? I said, yep. And they picked me up by our coach. And we'd go down to the gate and go into the pits and garage. When we came out, we called them. They picked us back up, took us right back. It was great. And I've sent notes to all of them to thank them. But, boy, they're wonderful people. Plus, they cut us a really great break 
on the space rent and all the rest of it. So it made it easier for us to do what we do. Amen, Reverend Joe. It's always great to have somebody help everyone out. And, Reverend, thank you again. Tell Miss Betty we said hello, and y'all have a happy and safe 4th of July tomorrow. And we'll talk to you next Tuesday evening, brother. Absolutely. You guys be safe, and God bless y'all. God bless, Reverend Joe. We'll talk to you later, brother. That was Reverend Joe, right. y'all, the the official reverend of the pit stop, Dennis Bunny, Stephen Wilson. This is let everybody know the number to call in is 215. 215- Three eight three thirty six eighty one. I'm Tim Spain alongside of SpeedwayDigest.com. Mr. Stephen Wilson, just right outside of Richmond Raceway up there in in the in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Coming up here shortly at twenty minutes after the hour, we have driver of the number seventy six Grunt Style Chevrolet and NASCAR Experience Series, Mr. Spencer Boyd. And then joining us twenty minutes before the top of the hour, we have uh, just announced today or yesterday, Stephen. I don't know when to. When the press release come out, uh, J.J. Yaley will be driving the number 23 Toyota Camry for BK Racing and Ron Devine there at Daytona this weekend in the uh, Coke, let me see if I can get it right, Coke Zero Sugar 400, Steve. Yeah, that's an awful long name. I remember when this thing was like the Pepsi 400 years ago, and then I think there was like the Coke Zero, you know, 400, and now it's like the Coke Zero Sugar Free 400, I mean, I think it's longer every year. Um, why don't we just go back and just call it the Firecracker 400 and be done with it? Amen, brother. I I would definitely agree. And, Stephen, I know uh, you've been on vacation, but you've been back a couple of days. Uh, NASCAR sent out the penalty report uh, after Chicago Land Speedway. we got some breaking news here. Let me find my button that I know you hate because you said it sounds like the uh, the uh, 70 CBS commercial, but I'm going to play it anyway. Breaking news. Even NASCAR put out their penalty report after Chicago Land Speedway for their Monster Energy Cup Series and Xfinity Series. Uh, you got the information? Let everybody know about that, brother. Uh, yeah, I, I got it. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, hold on, I got to find this stuff. I, you know, I, I post so much stuff during the day. I got to figure this all where I put everything. Uh, I know it's my website and all, but you know, I got to figure it out. Oh, so. Uh, uh, in the Cup Series, um, number 11, number 2, they were hit with some uh, lug nuts post-race, um, not installed, $10,000 for each of them, the crew chief, um, and the Xfinity Series, number 19, uh, same thing, but uh, a $5,000 penalty. So it wasn't really too much this weekend, uh, you know, uh, other than some lug nuts and some things like that. So um, not as bad as we've seen in weeks before. Um, seems like the teams are finally getting a hang of this thing. Um, however, um, NASCAR went with a new inspe- went with a different inspection process this weekend, where they take the cars after qualifying, and you know if you didn't make it through, um, you got sent to the back and your time disqualified. So you had a couple teams: um, Jimmy Johnson, um, Martin Truex Jr., and um, you know Danny Hamlin. Um, some of them that did not pass through qualifying inspection, um, post-qualifying inspection. So um, I kind of like that. I like the fact that NASCAR did it this weekend. I wish they would do it more, um, you know, when they tech these cars after qualifying instead of um, before qualifying and, um, you know, send some of these people to the back. 
And, you know, if you can't go out there and qualify and bring a car back in and, you know, pass this inspection, I'm sure that, you know, some teams will probably argue the fact that you're out on the racetrack and, it, you know, it can bend the body, it can do some different things to the car, which would take it out of tolerances. But, you know, um, at the same time, these cars are supposed to be built to a specification that it doesn't do that or within, you know, the, the specified specifications. Um and yeah, I mean uh, that's just kind of way I I like this I like this process. I think this process should continue, and I think should maybe start using this at every track. To be honest with you, I do. I definitely agree, Stephen. And just to sort of add to your comment there, NASCAR. I think when you was on vacation, announced that they are not going to go to that uh, when they put that plate on them at uh, Charlotte. Uh, you know, there were talks about they might change that at some of the mile-and-a-half tracks, like Jeff Burton calls cookie-cutter tracks, but they're not going to do that this year. They're going to wait and see how everything works out. Uh, to let some of our listeners know they run a restricted plate at, at, at a Charlotte, and there was talk about NASCAR could possibly do that at, at some other tracks besides my home track here at Talladega Super Speedway and Daytona International Speedway. Stephen, any thoughts on that? Do you think NASCAR needs to dig in further and maybe run that plate? I mean, you know, you and I, we're not we're not big on everybody getting strung out with a five, ten-second lead. Unlike, I'm probably, you know, preaching to the choir, that Chicago race was pretty daggum awesome. Uh, whenever Kyle Busch and Kyle Larson got into it there, that, that was some pretty good racing. But what do you think NASCAR needs to do, Stephen, far, far as that? Do, do they need to implement more tracks to to a restrictor plate, especially at uh, Michigan International Speedway. You and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. These drivers are, are going in, going in turn one, 218, 219, 220. Do you think we need to slow them down to actually get better competition? Do you, do you think that's what NASCAR really needs right now to sort of get some better competition like we had this past weekend at, at Chicago Land Speedway with Kyle Busch and Kyle Larson, even though there was not a plate on the cars at Chicago? No, I don't think so. Um, I'm, I'm kind of against, I'm in the camp of against the, the, the restricted plates on these cars at, at mile and a half racetracks or tracks outside of like Daytona and Talladega just because of the sheer speeds needed to um, slow the cars down. Um, I, I'm in the camp of no. What I think they really need to do, to be honest with you, is I think they need to, NASCAR needs to go to Goodyear and basically tell them to build a tire that's much softer than what we're currently running the compounds on the tire so that they have more of a fall-off and more wear um, at different parts of the run. Um, we're, we're, you know, Goodyear has been building harder tires, tires that last an entire, you know, stage or segment, um, or an entire fuel run. Um, we're, we're seeing tires that now can run full fuel loads, um, without wearing down. Um, and I think that's hurt the competition to some level that, you know, we have tires like that. I think that'd be a good step in the right direction to, to build softer tires, tires that give up a little bit faster in, in the uh, in the run, maybe, you know, half, three-quarters of the way through the run. And, uh, you know, that, uh, that'll that um, change up the competition level out there on track. Now, there's certain things I think they can do to the car. I mean, the springs and shocks on these cars have gotten to the point, um, 
you know, they 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 ride within, you know, millimeters of one another, and I think they need to free them up a little bit as far as that's concerned. Um, and I think, you know, when it comes to some of the other aspects of the car, um, you know, which I don't know how NASCAR is going to do it. I don't know if, you know, they've got to come up with a new design of the car, and hopefully they are working on a new design of the car, but the aero push has just kind of hurt some of the competition, excuse me, at these tracks. Um what I do like and what I am in favor of is that uh, I guess about two years ago or so at Kentucky when they ran that low, low downforce um, there, I think a, 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 a you know a lower downforce on the car, less aero dependent, less um, less um, you know uh, less um, what's the word less grip on the on the tires. And softer tires with these low down, with a low downforce package, I think he could close the cars up a little bit better and help them slip and slide around the racetrack. And um, not only that, but I think you know, based on you know varying pitch strategies, you know, you could have guys out there that are running, you know, on, on newer tires and more side by side racing. And I think he could change some of the strategies up in that aspect. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm just not in the camp of putting this plate and package back on a mile and a half racetrack to, um, to, you know, the bunch of racing up. That's right. And we got a professional waiting to come on. We're going to bring on driver, the number 76 grunt style Chevrolet Camaro in NASCAR Xfinity series, Mr. Spencer Boyle. Let's bring Spencer into pit stop with Tim Spain and Stephen Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome to the main event. Let's get ready to rumble! Spencer Board, how you doing tonight, my friend? I'm doing great, man. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Thank you again for taking time out, especially this 4th of July Eve for calling in, brother. We sure do appreciate it. And about Chicago land, all I can say was hot, brother. It was hot, wasn't it? It was toasty, man. It it was hot, but uh, my my day got a little messed up there, so I got a break 30 laps uh, during the race. So that was unfortunate. But I was good. Uh, for the rest of the race, I, I got my air condition fixed. Hey, man, brother, I I wasn't gonna bring that one up. I wasn't gonna bring it, but uh, Spencer, if you can, I don't know how how long you can stay. We've got uh, we've got JJ Yaley coming up at twenty minutes to the hour, but we would love you to stay as as long as you can. But you and I, we have spoke uh, spoke on different occasions at the racetrack, uh, on the phone, texting, social media. And I never really let you answer the question or give you the opportunity to let everybody know how you got started into the sport. I know you debuted in 2016 for NB Motorsports at uh, at Martinsville Speedway, and then you went on to, to to run also with Premium Motorsport. But what did you do actually prior to all that? Whenever you was coming up, Spencer, did you race like Bandoleros, go karts, or what have you? Just sort of let some of our listeners know how how Spencer Boyd made it. To the big time in his career where he is right now 
Yeah, man, that's a, that's awesome. Good question. Uh, I started out in, in go karts at five years old, and uh, just racing all over the country. I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, so uh, Midwest boy, uh, just racing go karts all over, and then uh, won a lot. Um, parents kept chasing the dream and uh, allowing me to do that, and started racing legend cars and, and moved to North Carolina when I was fourteen. So I did that for a long while. I actually didn't get a a stock car start, full-size uh, race car, until I was 18. So I always felt like I was a little late on that. I uh, ran just 21 total late-model races before I made my truck debut. So things happened quick for me. I ran uh, 21 late-model races uh, in the southeast, won 18 of them. Uh, next thing you know, uh, some teams were chatting with me about, uh, you know, making a truck start. I'm like, man, I haven't done K&N or ARCA. They're like, ah, you know, we'll take you to a short track. It'll be all right. Um, just go out there and do what you know how to do. And uh, got linked up with uh, Mike Mittler, based out of uh, Missouri as well. So that was cool. Just a, a good little homecoming there to, to make my debut. And McMurray drove for him and Carl Edwards. So uh, I knew, hey, man, this is a good opportunity to uh, get my name out there and, and see if I can really do this. It, it was a big test for me. Um, I knew I only had the funding and sponsorship to to run one truck race. So in, in my head, it was like, hey, go out there. You know, if you run in the trunk, then you know uh, you're probably not ready for this and you just need to go back to the stomping grounds and, and keep racing late models. But uh, I had a really good run. I'd never been in a truck, never been to Martinsville. Uh, raced our way up until uh, up to top 12. Um, had a good truck, and then with some pit strategy, we got up in the top five, and uh, I wrecked with Spencer Gallagher. So I uh, got some TV time, Spencer wrecking Spencer. Uh, I take the blame on that one. I got pretty antsy, but uh, when you put a kid in his first truck race, first time in Martinsville, and uh, you show him there's only like four cars between him and the pace car, he, you know, you get pretty excited. So uh, that's kind of my story as far as uh, getting a shot, you know, in NASCAR. And, and after that, you know, opportunities came up. I realized I need to keep finding uh, sponsors, so I do a lot of marketing on my own and, and just keep chasing it, and it's uh, been good to me. You know, to, to be in the NASCAR family is great. And you mentioned that you got J.J. coming up later, and uh, J.J. and I, we're, uh, we're buddies. Um, we actually got something unique. We give each other the finger every time we're around each other on the racetrack. So uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a good time. Um, as a young guy, I, I chat with as many drivers as possible, um, you know, JJ's on, on my side of the garage. Um, he's, uh, you know, been in the sport a long time, so he knows, uh, what I'm up against and just being, uh, in the equipment that I'm in, you know, you go to the racetrack and, and you want to do the best you can, but you know, you're probably not in a uh, race winning stuff. So how do you tackle a race? Um, how do you prepare as far as hydration and things like that? So, uh, you know, you got a good guy coming up, JJ, uh, he's full of, full of advice and a lot of energy. So he's a good dude. Amen, brother. And you also mentioned, you know, coming up through there with Mike Mike Mittler. I'm I'm pretty good friends with Mike also. But then also you you uh, split a truck ride with uh, on uh, at Rick Ware Racing with Cody Ware. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that, Spencer? And Egg, and sort of let our listeners know maybe the uh, the difference of going from a from a truck to a NASCAR Xfinity Series car, the downforce, the different stuff. The the uh, truck sort of plows there, correct? And just just sort of talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. So uh, Cody Ware and I, 
we uh, raced legend cars for the same team. Uh, I think he was probably like 17. I was 16 at the time. Um, became buddies. He actually uh, stayed at my house uh, a few days a week uh, for a whole summer there one year. Uh, we were racing legend cars at uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway in Rockingham, and um, we went down to Florida a few times, up to New York. So we were traveling buddies, and I knew his dad owned a uh, Xfinity team and truck, and they had Jeffrey Ehrenhardt and uh, Timmy Hill, and Timmy's brother Tyler was racing with Cody and I. So um, we were kind of all in that same circle, and little did I know, you know, a few years later, uh, Rick would give me my, my first ever – Xfinity start at, at Iowa Speedway. So um, we became friends uh, once I kind of secured the sponsorship to uh, run, you know, more than a handful of races. Um, I, I knew that Rick would have my back and, and make sure that I got the most for the opportunity that I had. So I went and ran trucks for uh, Rick and, um, yeah, you know, part-time in 2017. That's kind of what we did. And then transferred over to SS Greenlight. Um a lot of people don't know it on the outside, but a lot of those smaller teams help each other out, whether it's BJ McLeod, uh, JD Motorsports, SS Greenlight, Rick Ware, all those guys uh, want to make sure that they make it to the racetrack and they're competitive. Um, you know, they want to beat each other every week, but at the end of the day, uh, they help each other out when it comes to, you know, hey, this race is open or this race isn't, or we got a driver who wants to run. So uh, with Ray Black uh, kind of, uh, taking races out of his schedule to go more uh, part-time and try and run cup when he could. It opened up the spot for me to slide over to Bobby daughter at SS Greenlight and uh, start racing Xfinity cars. And you're right. There's a big difference. Uh, you go to these mile and a half in a truck and you just barely blip the gas and get it pointed uh, across the racetrack and you're back in the gas, driving it all the way, you know, probably three quarters of the corner, you're back in the gas. So, uh, in an Xfinity car, the cars don't slow down as much when you uh, let off the gas. They just don't have as much drag and, and things like that. So at these mile and a half, which are my uh, most difficult tracks, you got to get off the gas and use the brake to set it and, and get the car pointed and get back in the gas. But you're only in the gas for, you know, uh, two-thirds of the corner instead of three-quarter. And, and that's a big difference. So um, learning that throughout this year has been good. You know, I got my career best finish at uh, Charlotte. So uh, that led us to believe Chicago would go pretty good. Um, we got to Chicago. It's not one of my favorite tracks. So um, it's bumpy. Uh, just getting the car to, to ride over the bumps smooth and um, to where you can drive over the bumps in the gas. Uh, and that's what you want to do. You don't want to go over the bumps off the throttle. Uh, you want to get the car pointed and drive through the bumps is, is the language that we use and um, just for us, that's something that we fought, but we got faster and faster throughout uh, practice and the race, uh, kind of messed up there in qualifying. Uh, we got our tire pressures reversed left to right side, but it happens. Um, we're a team, so we rebounded. We gained uh, eight spots there in the first, like, five laps of the race, so um, that's always exciting and uh, good for the fans, and uh, my sponsors are always excited when we go out there and pass people right there at the beginning, so unfortunate that we ran over debris but it happened so now we got our marine themed uh grunt style chevy camaro ready for daytona and i couldn't be more more thrilled i love super speedway racing it's a uh, great equalizer so I, I know myself and a lot of a lot of other guys um you know that run 15th to 25th every week 
we're excited about speedways. So, uh, and I hear it's only going to be 80 degrees in Daytona. So I'm happy about that. Amen, brother. And Spencer, before I hand you over to to uh, Stephen Woods there at uh, SpeedwayDigest.com, that was what he wanted to talk to you about was your new paint scheme there, going into the Independence Day weekend there at Daytona International Speedway. But uh, I want to thank you again, Spencer, for taking time out to come on. And you actually mentioned that you're really good with with the uh, sponsorship and uh, stuff like that, especially with Kick-Ass Beef Jerky. I wanted to. I want to give a big shout out to Kick Ass Beef Jerky Spencer because they actually followed me on Twitter this morning. I looked down and I said, Kick Ass Beef Jerky is following Tim Despain. I said, I'm going to follow them back. So I, I, just, I just want to give a big shout out there, brother. Yeah, man. Appreciate that. It, uh, it takes a lot of partners, you know, for us to go race. And uh, I got some great ones and uh, really promote American made and veteran owned and I'm fortunate enough to drive the most patriotic car in NASCAR. So uh, it's a lot of fun, and, and getting those uh, family-owned companies is always great. You know, it keeps it uh, lively, and, and we have some fun uh, at the track and away from the track. That's right, Spencer. Again, from uh, myself and Suzanne, thank you for taking time out to call in, especially this 4th of July Eve, and I'm going to throw you over to uh, Steve Wilson, SpeedwayDigest.com. Tell Mr. Paul we said hello, brother, and – don't be a stranger. We'll get you back on again, brother. Well, do, man. Thank you. Thanks, Spencer. Thanks a lot for taking time to come on here. How much does this team have to change gears going from these 1.5 mile tracks to a place like Daytona, which you'll be at this Friday night in the Firecracker 250? Yeah, well, uh, obviously, um, for Xfinity, it's it's pretty simple. Um, we run uh, composite cars everywhere but the super speedways. So we have purpose-built speedway uh, sheet metal cars. Uh, you're talking, you know, Daytona, Talladega. So we got three of those races a year. This is our uh, final one. So um, the guys really just take time to uh, massage the car as far as making sure the body's good, our coast-down number at the uh, – the dyno's good uh, when it comes to just making sure everything's rolling free, uh, the least resistance possible. Um, my guys have uh, prided themselves uh, for a few years w- with great speedway cars, and uh, they finished fifth at uh, the uh, second Daytona race last year. So uh, that's a lot to live up to. Uh, you know, if I came away with that, I- I'd be thrilled. I know everyone on our team would be uh, stoked. But at the end of the day, uh, you just want to take a solid piece that can uh, go withstand the speed and, and make it to the end of the race and and be smart. We had a rough uh, Talladega, so uh, moving forward, uh, we just want to go uh, get a good finish here for the guys and get some good points. Um, we got a, we got a great looking car. We got our uh, marine themed um, orange and red and and blue um, grunt style number seventy six uh, Camaro. So she's slick. Uh, I, I'm used to running the flat black every weekend, so this thing stands out, and I know everyone's going to love it. Years ago, when the cars were still painted versus um, now they're decals, uh, teams would go on and put an extra layer of clear coat on these cars. So between the the paint and the the the, the stickers, the contingency stickers onto it, so it was at least resistant um, 
to the air, even by like mics, micrometer uh, means. What is something that you can say, and there's a lot of things teams do today and kind of keep secret when they go to these tracks, but is there anything that you can talk about that you and your guys are are doing to get that car aerodynamic as possible to run out there in these packs? Yeah, you know, every team has uh, has their secrets. Um, I've done most of my speedway racing with SS Greenlight, um, from the Xfinity to um, – I did a truck race with DJ Cop last year with uh, the uh, the whole crew was from SS Greenlight. So um, you just want to make sure that uh, everything rolls um, really smooth. <clears throat> so uh, you um, do a lot with uh, transmission fluid and – uh, rear gear fluid and, and things like that. But uh, this day and age, you can't go change that stuff. So back in the day, in, in the old NASCAR days, you could have a qualifying motor or um, you could change uh, the engine oil and things like that. So you could run a real thin oil uh, just for qualifying to maximize horsepower. But you know that wouldn't withstand, you know, three to 500 miles. So um, we're smart on that, try and calculate things to uh, risk versus reward. Uh, qualifying is not everything at the end of the day. We just want to get in the race and then, um, get out there and, and, uh, race, uh, door to door and draft and get to the front. So, uh, for our team, that's what we're interested in. But as far as those little secrets, that's about all I got. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Uh, it, it's just one of those off the wall questions that a lot of people don't remember back in the days of painting cars and, putting contingency stickers on and then some team went out there and figured out that they could make this car, you know, you know, just as flat as possible by putting an extra layer clear coat on to them uh, because they were trying to reduce even the drag off the stickers, um, you know, these little tips and tricks. Coming up throughout the rest of the year, what what is your team looking at? Where, Where do you feel that you guys need to be coming up over the rest of the summer? For us, um, you know, we're we're excited about uh, our short track program. Um, I've always been uh, pretty good there, you know, when it comes to New Hampshire, Martinsville, Gateway, places like that. So I'm excited to go back to uh, New Hampshire. Had a good run at uh, at Iowa a couple weeks ago. Um, so, yeah, we're looking forward to going back to those places. Uh, I grew up road course racing. I never ran an oval uh, until I was 13 in a legend car. So, We'll see how that translates to a stock car, but uh, I definitely get the idea of uh, road course racing and outbreaking and and that sort of thing. So uh, maybe we can go uh, surprise some people. Uh, maybe get some uh, uh, you know extra notice on those races. So we're excited about that. We've had Daytona circled uh, as far as a, as a strong run. Uh, I'm I'm really excited about this coming weekend. We got some great partners uh, from from Grunt Style being on board all year and uh, record rack deer feed and kick-ass beef jerky and performance trailer braking. And then uh, NASCAR does this really cool uh, NASCAR salutes. So uh, on the uh, windshield of my car, we got the uh, second combat engineer uh, battalion, which is what uh, one of my close cousins, uh, Matt Wilson, he's uh, he's in that unit. So uh, pretty excited. You know, uh, this is my first super speedway where we have the patriotic theme and all that so uh for my family it's going to be an exciting exciting weekend 
Spencer, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here tonight. Um, I'm sure we've kept you just a little bit over than what you probably agreed to, but before we get you out of here, let everybody know where they can uh, follow you at on social media and uh, and and where they can follow you at on social media and, and all of your sponsors. Thank them before you get out of here. I appreciate the time that you're coming on. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate uh, the opportunity. Always love chatting with you guys. Um, you know, we uh, we tend to hit the races that uh, I'm super stoked about. So with uh, Daytona coming up, I uh, got record rack uh, deer feed back on board uh, after Michigan, uh, having a good run there. And, and Grunt Style is my primary, so we're stoked. Uh, if you don't know what Grunt Style is, it's a veteran-owned patriotic apparel company uh, with Fourth of July this weekend. Uh, you can go to GruntStyle.com, use Boy 20 for 20% off. We got our marine-themed car, and we want to push uh, everyone wearing red on Friday. So we got the Daytona night race coming up. Uh, wear red. Remember everyone deployed. So just really pushing that, um, our independence. And 1776, uh, that's my car number is 76 based off of that. So uh, just really excited with all we got going on. And uh, our other partners, Kick-Ass Beef Jerky and uh, Performance Trailer Breaking coming on board. Be sure and give them a follow on social media. You can follow myself on Twitter at Spencer Boyd. I'm active. I do all that myself. So uh, love chatting with the fans. Instagram at Spencer Boyd PR. And then on Facebook, the Spencer Boyd Racing fan page. So I uh, really appreciate the opportunity to uh, chat, hang out with you guys. And I can't wait to uh, get back out west and uh, get racing out there with you all soon. Thanks, Spencer. Have a great night. Awesome. Thank you, man. Thanks, brother. We'll see you, Spencer. Good luck. Yes, there, man. Thank you. You're welcome. Spencer Board there, driver of the number 76 Grunt Style Chevrolet NASCAR Xfinity Series there for SS Greenlight Racing. Uh, Spencer, uh, Stephen, we've had him on before. We've talked. He's one of them gentlemen. He hasn't forgot where he come from. And like I said, I wanted to ask him a couple of questions. He and I have spoke at several racetracks, uh, Spica 2, Talladega, and Atlanta. We had uh, spoke, and that's where we sort of become pretty good buddies. And I got to thinking, you know, I never really give him the opportunity to let everybody know how he got started, where he started from, and the people that, that helped him. And I actually, you know, doing some some – some research. I did not know that he drove that truck at Martin Speedway for for Mike Mitler. There's been a lot of good talent come up through there. Uh, uh, just just to name some some of the Cup guys. I think I think uh, I think not not Greg Biffle, but what, uh, I think Carl Edwards drove some for Mike Mitler whenever he come up too, Stephen. And just to let some of our listeners know, a lot of these short tracks, especially Martinsville, with it being the uh, the uh, the uh, paperclip it sort of gives some of these young drivers a chance to come up and drive some of these stuff like the trucks the expandy cars and like I had posed the question to uh, Spencer and Spencer mentioned that that driving that truck and driving that dr- driving that car is a whole lot different I mean you know just daylight to dark but uh, Spencer handles himself really well with the media. I've seen him in the media center here at Talladega. And unlike some of the drivers, the uh, sponsorship, Stephen, 
it seems like every week he gets another, uh, not a primary sponsor, but a subsidiary for, to actually help him out. And that means a lot today in in the in the age that we live in and in our sport. Yeah, it does. You've got a lot of teams out there, even in the Xfinity and the Camp World Truck Series that are sponsored by, you know, these Fortune 100 and Fortune 500 companies. And they have full teams of marketing professionals that go out there and put these deals together. Um, you know, but these other drivers like Spencer Boyd, uh, they don't necessarily have that. They don't have the marketing and sponsorship help on that side to put these deals together. Um, you know, business managers and all these other things that it really takes to, to put something like that together. Only these large teams now seem to be able to put these deals together, and it's even becoming increasingly harder for them. So for, you know, for teams like, you know, Spencer and SS Greenlight Racing, they provide a economical entry into the sport um, where, you know, they may be spending two, three, four times more in some cases, to get on these, uh, you know, like a Joe Gibbs Racing or JR Motorsports in the Xfinity Series, Kyle Busch in the Campbell World Truck Series, you know, they're, you know, they're, 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 these teams are, are providing economical entry into the sport, and they're doing it um, and providing, you know, the, the smaller sponsors a, a way to be seen just alongside of these larger sponsors. And, you know, I made a comment today to, to somebody else about, you know, they, they had said something about the way that the sport has become and the corporate sponsorships that has uh, come into the sport. And, uh, you know, we're losing some of them almost every day. But, you know, as I said, you know, for every for every corporate sponsorship we have in the sport, for every partner, for everybody that uh, puts their name on a race or one of these, you know, larger teams like Hendrick or, you know, Roush or, you know, Stuart Haas or Penske or, you know, any of these in Joe Gibbs Racing. Um, there's another sponsor sitting out there. There's another partner sitting out there that is waiting on the sidelines that uh, is looking for that economical entry into the sport. And Spencer and these these other drivers, they, they provide that, and they provide just as much face time, um, sometimes maybe even more personalized face time, than some of the the star drivers in the sport. That's right, Stephen. Just like Spencer mentioned, he 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 handles a lot of his own social media, where some of the uh, some of the big name drivers and all that they have somebody handle that for them. They have a social media manager. But since I've become friends with uh, Spencer Boyd, there he is. Uh, he's always been there for me to ask a question. Me being media, he's always he's always said, Tim, what do you want? What do you need? He actually gave me that radio promo. He said, what you want me to say, I'll say it. He's one of them guys that is working hard to become your next Jimmy Johnson, your next Kyle Busch. And I hope the young man makes it. I pray that he does. But like you mentioned, a lot of these drivers have their own social media manager managers, and they tweet what – the media, not the media, what the social media people want to hear. And like you mentioned, I think it's great that Spencer mentioned that he handles all of his social media stuff. That's a big plus for him. And actually, he gets to 
He gets to interact with the fans alongside of what some of these other big-name drivers don't, Steven. Yeah. I mean, they, they have that opportunity to reach just as many people um, as some of these some of the other drivers that have these marketing managers, that have these social media managers, that have a business manager that has a full team and staff behind them, not only just on the team level, but on the personal level too. Um, you know, but these, these teams and these drivers like, like Spencer, and there's plenty of them others in a sport, you can probably look at JD Motorsports and several of their drivers over there. Um, you can look at uh, various others within the sport or within the series and just look. And sometimes, you know, you, you may not, you may not get a, a, a responding, you know, social media message back from, you know, like a Chase Elliott or a Jim Johnson. Sure, they're on social media, but, you know, they're not on social media sometimes as much as these other drivers that are making a name for themselves. And they will engage in full conversations and answer questions and be a face, um, not only for their team, but for themselves to get themselves out there. Because the more that they're out there, the more they're interacting, the more that they're um, out in front of people, um, not just on online, but, you know, at the racetrack at the same time, it, it's more likely that they're going to pick up that next sponsor. They're going to pick up that next partner. They're going to pick up that next person that's going to buy them the set of tires they need or get them the lease them the motor they want or, you know, put their name on the car and throw a few dollars at them. And these are all things that, you know, um, these larger drivers and these drivers that have been in it in, in the sport and have a full team, um, they've lost. They've lost some of the connection to the fans and, you know, they, they they still connect in their own ways, but a lot of times because they're so crafted, they don't have the time. Their their time is managed by somebody else and not necessarily the way that they may want to even be managed. But, you know, it's the unfortunate part of the sport where, you know, as you become a bigger star, as you become a face of the sport, as you become more and more known and win races and win championships, that time management really um, – is a crunch for you because you can't always be in front of your fans. And that's hard sometimes to hear. That's right, Stephen. That's exactly right. Stephen, let's take a little quick break while we're waiting on J.J. Yaley. Uh, he must have run into an issue or something. But uh, quick break, Stephen. Let's get up and stretch around, move around, and we will uh, – Play a little quick song. We'll play a little Thomas Fred star of the show, and we will be right back shortly after this song. I'm Tim with Spain, alongside SpeedwayDigest.com. Mr. Stephen Woods, we'll be right back. Walking down the street, hand in mind, it don't keep them other guys. And that one night I'm looking at you But it's alright and that's okay Who could blame them anyway? You're so pretty and you ain't even got a clue
The Coke Zero Sugar 400 at Daytona. Go to be thrilled at the summer's biggest night race. Go to be inspired as we celebrate Independence Day and honor our military. Go to have fun with a live pre-race concert and an incredible post-race fireworks show. Go together with your family and friends to the Coke Zero Sugar 400 at Daytona, Saturday night, July 7th. Get your tickets at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com or call 1-800-PIT-SHOP. We're back live uh, from Degan Nation, just south of where the crow flies, about eight miles from the 2.66-mile monster we call Talladega Super Speedway. I'm Tim Spain, alongside of SpeedwayDigest.com's Mr. Stephen Wilson. We had J.J. Yelly coming on at one point in time, and I think he's in a bad area, Stephen. I uh, tried texting him, couldn't get a text go through, so he has probably got some bad cell service, and that's, that's, that's common around the United States of America, isn't it, brother? <laughs> Sometimes, yes, uh, yeah, especially in some of the rural areas out there. Exactly. Instead of coming up here on top of the hour, uh, I know it's Fourth uh, of July Eve. Like I said to Mister Spencer Boyd, uh, we're going to Daytona this weekend, brother. Uh, another restrictor plate track, just like my sister track here at Talladega Super Speedway. What do you look forward to see Saturday night during the Coke Zero Sugar? 400. I got it right, bro. <laughs> um, I, I like, I, you know, honestly, I think it's, I, I love seeing Daytona under the lights. Wish they'd do it out there in Talladega, but uh, I don't know how many millions of dollars that would take for to accomplish out there, but it's really fun to see these cars underneath the light, running 200 miles an hour, just inches away from one another, two, three, and four, sometimes even five wide out there. Um, 
It's just, you know, it's impressive to watch these drivers be able to do this like they do for, uh, you know, 160, 200 laps, depending on, you know, if they're in 400 like they are this weekend or the 500 and back in uh, 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 February. Um, and they even do it there at your track. I, I, you know, it's just something a lot of people get, you know, nervous when it comes to these tracks. Some people don't like restrictive plate tracks. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm a speed demon. I like to see speed. I like to see these cars running flat out, um, you know, just man and machine out there. Um, and it's really just a great equalizer that, you know, a car that we may see running 2025, you know, every week could be up there running in top five or even leading this race. Um, so, you know, spot, spot, spots change all the time. The leader can go from the lead to the back of the pack in a quarter of a lap before they even hit turn one. So, you know, all these things culminate. I just I just like seeing the racing at a place like Daytona or Talladega, um, and especially under the lights. Because it's not as hot in Florida in, in July, Um at nighttime. I mean, it's still hot, but it's not hot like the daytime. Exactly. And, you know, Spencer mentioned, you know, up there at Chicago Wing Speedway, Stephen, uh, I know we were, we were looking at everything, uh, some of the in-car, the in-car stuff with the temperature gauges. And it was, it was really outrageous. I think Kurt Busch had like 151 degrees, which was right behind his right head on the, uh, on on the driver's seat there and it was really 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 hot but i'm uh i'm trying to call mr ron divine here maybe we can get ron divine on i i'm i'm still new at some of this software but you know how old redneck country boy is from talladega but we got a little bit left you know and i would like to get ron in maybe uh maybe somebody else in uh steven i'm gonna throw it back over you let me see if i got ron on the phone i'll talk to you in a second brother Oh no! You're gonna throw it over to me. I don't. I don't know what to talk about. I'm. <laughs> I've been gone for like nine, ten days. Uh, oh Lord, what is there to talk about? Uh, man, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, I know. You message can, uh, press two. About... Uh-oh. Hey, no, barbecue. Go ahead. Unfortunately, the system cannot process your entries. Please try again later. Goodbye. Uh oh, you. You got me on uh-huh. here. Uh, I can hear you oh. guys. Dadgummit. It's like trying to call an IT guy in India or something, Stephen. I mean, hey, I, get out of here. I don't know. We tried. I we tried. Stephen, what, what, what are you going to cook tomorrow? We got ribs and a chicken. I'm just going to go and smoke her in the morning. Oh, and I think okay. a pork loin, too. So ribs, chicken, and a pork loin all going in the smoker in the morning. Well, that sounds good. Suzanne got, got spam. Yeah, I got spam <laughs> on the countertop. And hot dogs and beans? Well, <laughs> there's some biners oh, in there. Oh, vina sausages. Yeah, it's been a long time since I ate one of them. Used to eat them out of right out the can. Don't even put them on a plate. Oh, no. The barbecue yep. flavor is uh, delicious. You ought, to work for the, for, you ought to work for the local electric cooperative, Stephen. Sometimes you get out working some of these outages. You back in the boonies, you'd be, 
you'd probably pay ten dollars for a can of Vienna sausage and some crackers. <laughs> probably, but I mean, you, you gotta you gotta come down here and see where I live. I mean, I I don't live in any uh, big town either. I mean, I think we only got something about eighteen or twenty thousand people living in my whole county, um, and pretty much like ninety percent of it is rural farmlands. So uh, yeah, you should come down here and take a look at this one one time. I will. I will stay. What? While you and Suzanne's talking, uh, since JJ, JJ must have got in a bad area because JJ told me that that, that he was going to come on, and I apologize to our listeners that wanted to listen to JJ yet. But I'm gonna see if I can uh, see if I can call up Anne Marie. Uh, I know she mentioned she was she's she's eating Chinese she's food. Eating, well, I don't she, she's eating Chinese right now, clipping coupons. So I don't know if she'll even answer the phone for you. Uh, she's 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 in the other room somewhere. Um, I haven't heard from her in about an hour. So <laughs> she's probably enjoy. I'm, I'm gonna see if I can. I'm typing in the number now. I'm gonna see if I can get. Her. I don't know. I you wanna... want to put her on there? <laughs> Well, I want to get her take on, you know, Stephen always says when they eat Chinese, it's uh, it's cat, and it sort of makes you mad, Suzanne. So I want to see if I can, <laughs> want to see if I can, and, I, I, and I'm probably not doing this right. Uh-oh, what's going on? You might be. I, I done, I oh. done something. You dialed somebody. I called some. I don't know if I called Anne-Marie. Ron Devine or JJ Yaley, we're gonna we're gonna see here. I think that's Anne Marie's number. Uh oh. <laughs> she ain't gonna answer. She ain't gonna answer. No. But anyway. Uh-uh. Yeah. Stephen, uh talk a little bit about uh let's get off of racing a little bit. Uh while we got a little bit of time. I know it's fourth of July Eve, like I said earlier with Spencer Boyd. Uh talk a little bit about uh you was winding down. <laughs> You finally got the wind down, so I want to thank you for all the hard work you do for Speedway Digest, which is your company, your website. I want to thank you for everything that you do for the Pit Stop Radio LLC with Suzanne and I also with our website. You created our, our website. I want to give all our listeners a big shout-out there, Stephen Wilson. If you need a website created, he's the man, but it's going to cost you because it costs me. But, Stephen, just talk a little bit about y'all <laughs> Y'all went to Disney World. And I had I had a uh, – I had seen a post from Kyle Ricky, our good friend Kyle Ricky from MRN Radio there. He had posted a picture about, uh, I don't know what ride it was or what he was going to. It was like a 300-minute wait line from the point he was at. Was it was it crowded, and did y'all get to do whatever you wanted to do down there at, in Orlando, or did you have to really wait? Um. Well, I mean, it was it was. It was uh, it was fairly crowded. Um, we got to do pretty much everything that we wanted to do, and it didn't rain until our last day. So you know, the park we were going to on our last day, we it, it, it was just a persistent rain, um, not like downpouring, but just enough that you stand out in it for an hour. You're soaked. Um, so we only got to go over there and do a few things there. Um, aside from that, uh, we, we 
we got to do a fair amount of things, rest, hang out, got to be, go to a new park, got to do some new things this time. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I was a little exhausted by the time we got back and walked 500 miles. I swear I must have walked 500 miles. Um, but um, it was fun, um, and we'll do it again in December. That sounds good, brother. And like I said, uh, Stephen, before we get out of here, uh, I know we always let you uh, let everybody know where the racing and stuff is going on, but I've got it brought up. I don't, I don't want to put you on the spot. I know you do a lot for us, but uh, the Monster Engine NASCAR Cup Series is going to be uh, the Coke Zero 400 at Daytona International Speedway this weekend, Saturday, July the 7th, 7.30 p.m. Uh, TV is NBC at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, MRN. Sirius XM NASCAR Radio has your radio coverage. The distance is 400 miles. 160 laps, stage one ends on lap 40, stage two ends on lap 80. Final stage ends on lap 160 there for the Monster Energy Cup Series. And NASCAR Xfinity Series is also at Daytona, like our good friend Mr. Spencer Boyd just come on and told us. Uh, the Coke, Coca-Cola Firecracker 250 at Daytona International Speedway is Friday evening, July the 6th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. NBCSN has your TV coverage. MRN, Sirius XM NASCAR Radio has your radio. The distance is 250 miles, 100 laps. Stage 1 ends on lap 30. Stage 2 ends on lap 60. Final stage ends on lap 100, of course. And the NASCAR Camper World Truck Series is off. They will be back in action uh, for the buckle up. In your truck, 225 at Kentucky Speedway, Thursday, July the 12th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. So just going to let throw that out there a little bit early. MRN, Sirius XM, NASCAR Radio has your uh, has your radio, and Fox Sports 1 has your TV. The distance up there on July 12th will be 225 miles. 150 laps, stage 1 ends on lap 35. Stage 2 ends on lap 70. Final stage ends on lap 150. Stephen, do we have any breaking news? I know you and I have got a lot I of do. press releases. I do. Uh oh, watch out, Stephen. Go ahead, Sue. No, I have a coworker that is now a county appraiser. He and his girlfriend just had a baby girl, six point eight pounds, nineteen inches long. Her name is. Blair McDonald, Martin, just had her. Did she did she pass post baby inspection? Well, the way that she looks, yeah, she's kind of chunky. Okay, I I'd, I'd I'd throw out after Stephen, Suzanne, she's uh, we're breaking her in. Oh oh, and Stephen, before I let you go. Uh, I talked to Mr. Russell Branham, Todd Oak Super Speedway this morning. Uh, we are finally getting a radio room at Talladega Super Speedway for the October race for the NASCAR Camper World Truck Series and also the 1000Bubs.com for the Monster Engine NASCAR, NASCAR Cup Series. So the Pit Stop Radio Speedway Digest, we finally have an official radio room. And to let everybody know, it's right across from Claire B. Lane, Sirius XM NASCAR. Stephen, we made it, brother. We got a radio room at Tildo Speedway. <laughs> got a radio room. 
Oh, I'm hoping that, you know, we got media center here in Richmond by the time we get back in September. They tore that thing down a couple of weeks ago and uh, supposed to be working on this thing, supposed to be making it bigger uh, with more amenities and, uh, you know, not so cramped up. And, uh, you know, we, we only had a, we only had a, uh, a, a, a partial media center back in uh, uh, April when uh, the, the series was there and it's uh, been promised that, it will all be completed by September. Um, that the walkway inside of the garage, overlooking the garage area, will be completed, and fans will be able to go in there. And the brand new infield with a brand new victory okay. lane will all be ready to go in September. That's awesome, brother. That's awesome. And your next race, Stephen, you're in. Uh... Your social media manager, Miss Anne Marie Wilson. Y'all are going to Bristol Motor Speedway, correct, for the night race? Yes, we're we're going to Bristol, then two weeks later we're going to come to Darlington for the Southern Five Hundred, and two weeks after that we're going to go to Richmond, and following that, um, looking at a the Richmond race in October. And then going to cap the year off in Homestead. So got about six, about five or six more, about six more events we're going to do this year. That's awesome, brother. And Suzanne and I will be attending the uh, Southern 500 up there, uh, the Bojangles Southern 500 there, uh, Donja Raceway. Mr. Kerry Tharp always puts on a hell of a damn show, brother. He takes care of all of us with the media also. I had actually emailed Dennis. I'm trying to get us radio room up there too, also Stephen, so we can do some uh, live remotes from uh, from Richmond. But uh, like I said, uh, I'm very, very, very excited. Russell Branham is going to let us have a radio room here at Tauda Super Speedway, Stephen. And I know you and Emery might not be able to make it down, but that's going to put uh, that's going to put Suzanne in a spot where she can log into the software and get the site up and running and which you can actually do that too from your home up there but uh and I think Rowdy Rowdy Maglite from RowdyMaglite.com he's gonna I, I'm I'm gonna try to mic him up also so we're gonna do uh just to let everybody know which I know it's a distance off we're gonna be mic'd up we're gonna be doing a live radio show Saturday and Sunday from Talladega Super Speedway I wanna give a big shout out I keep saying it Big shout-out to my good friend, Russell Brennan, public Rush director there at Tidal Super Speedway, for allowing us to do this. And uh, we've sort of done it before, Stephen. Uh, you know, you have been the uh, you have been running your been running the, the studio and software there from from Richmond, and we've been doing everything else mobile. And uh, we tried to do it this past time, and I couldn't do it from where I was at. So, uh far as the internet service so i want to give russell brandon a big shout out to you for letting us do that and steven i know we're coming up here uh we're getting about ready to end this show but uh any last thoughts on coming up uh for the coke zero sugar 400 at daytona oh um no gonna be a fun race gonna be saturday night going to be nice, going to be under the lights there at Daytona International Speedway. And, uh, Stephen, I want to thank you very much for being my co-host here for five years. We're going on five years, brother. September's going to be five years. 
But thanks again. Thank, thank you for everything that you do. Uh, you've got my website up. I appreciate that. Cause I'm just old dirt road country boy from Talladega. I could not operate it. I appreciate you doing all that. And, Stephen, is anybody you want to thank uh, as far as your sponsors? I'm going to throw you out there. As far as your sponsors on your website, you got the floor. But let everybody know they can follow you on social media. <laughs> well, um, uh, I don't have any sponsors. I'd like to have some, but I don't have any. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so you can follow me. I, I, it's real easy. Uh, at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com forward slash Speedway Digest, and SpeedwayDigest.com. Uh, everything we post is um, put out to all of those in the social media sites. Uh, Hopefully at some point I can get this integration into Instagram and uh, start posting some stuff there. But um, I, I, we're, we're, we're still waiting on confirmation whether that's going to happen or not. Um, aside from that, um, thank you guys for everything you do. And, uh, putting this thing together. Um, you probably do more with the radio show than I do. I hop on here on Tuesday nights and run my mouth. And uh, I, I appreciate everything you guys do. And, keeping us together. Thank you very much, brother. We appreciate you too. Tell AM and the boys we said hello and y'all have a good night and have a safe and happy fourth of July. And I'm gonna sign off. I want to give a big shout out to Spencer Boyd. Driver the number seventy six grunt style Chevy there and that's great Spencer here for coming on. He always comes on. Super nice guy. Y'all follow him on uh Twitter uh, all of his sponsors there, Kick-Ass Beef Jerky, Grunt Style, they do a lot for the sport. And like I said, I want to thank Spencer. And Spencer's always there, brother. He's always wanting to come out and talk and let you and I know. He enjoys coming on, coming on the show with you and I. And uh, that means a lot. So we're going to sign off. Uh, I think Mr. J.J. Yeller had some communication issues because I couldn't even text him. Yeah, so wherever he's at. But, uh, J.J., thanks for trying to come on. But again, uh, we're going to say good night from Talladega, Alabama. I'm Tim in Spain, uh, pitchstopradio.net, uh, Stephen Wilson, speedwaydigest.com. Follow us on social media. Y'all have a good evening and a safe, happy 4th of July from Talladega. We'll talk to you next Tuesday evening. See ya.
We got two for ones, we're at a margarita bar Whatever happens, happens And there's a reggae band full of dreadheads Just sitting in the corner laughing Well, my baby walks over, drops a 20 in the jar She smiles and shakes it at me Yeah, she gets some gone, she gets some playing A little, don't worry, be happy And Live from uh, Talladega Super Speedway, just south the way I say the crow flies. I've got Mr. J.J. Yelly coming in. Uh, he got a little tied up, but uh, J.J., thanks for calling in, brother. And uh, I know you was outside. You mentioned you had to, you had some storm damage, brother. I, I had a tree that had come down uh, while I was gone in Chicago and was right over top of my fence. And luckily, it didn't knock it down, but I... Uh, had a chainsaw ready and everything, uh, good to go. And said, man, it was about 6.45, so I better cut that thing down before time gets away from me. And obviously tomorrow being July 4th, I'm not going to want to be doing a whole lot. And then uh, we'll head off to uh, Daytona and get ready for this weekend's festivities down there. So just kept cutting and cutting and cutting, got it all done. And then, said, man, it's got to be close to time to call in. And dang, if I wasn't a little bit late, so I do apologize. That's all right, brother. Thank you, JJ. And just want to let some of our listeners know that over to call in is 215-383-3681. I was alongside of SpeedwayDigest.com, Stephen Wilson, and he jumped out. Uh, JJ, we had some breaking news come out. Uh, you're going to drive the uh, number 23 uh, BK Racing Toyota for Ron Devine there at Daytona this, this weekend for the Coke Zero Sugar 400. Can you talk a little bit about how that deal come down? Uh, yeah, you know, I uh, I started out uh, a couple months ago with a new sponsor, Steakhouse Elite, uh, premium grass-fed uh, ground beef. You can get that at your local Publix. You can order online from them. But uh, they've come on board. We had them on at uh, uh, the uh, Coke 600 here in, in Charlotte and then also ran with them at the uh, the Pocono uh, 500 uh, a couple months ago. And, and uh, you know, the next race for them was going to be Daytona. And, 
you know, we were just kind of weighing our options on what was going to be the best possibility. You know, obviously uh, being uh, a new team and getting things off the ground and really being 100% prepared, especially to go to a speedway race like uh, like Daytona, it is difficult because most of the teams have already, you know, they've had their speedway cars, uh, you know, for the year, have been working on fine-tuning, doing everything they could within uh, the rules and finding those gray areas which uh, usually create the most speed. And, uh, you know, because of that, we've had a full field of cars at all of the races, uh, the speedway races, and, and really just didn't want a chance uh, putting ourselves in position to possibly miss the race. I know there's 41 cars entered, so there'll be at least one car going home this weekend, but uh, it's not going to be us no matter what because, uh, you know, obviously we were able to come to uh, an agreement with, uh, you know, Matt Smith and the guys over there at uh, BK Racing, and um, because of it, you know, we've uh, we've taken the sponsor over, put on the number 23 Toyota, and and uh, we'll be locked into a Saturday night's race, and, and, and we'll take it from there. So, you know, it was a little bit of strategy, and, uh, you know, part of that, you know, help me, help you, help me kind of situation. So uh, it works out perfect for both uh, both parties uh, going into this weekend, and, you know, we'll see, uh, see how it goes and where it takes us from here. That's right, J.J. And, uh, you know, to let some of our listeners know, J.J., you've, uh, you've been around the sport for some time. You know, I'm not trying to call out your agent or anything. You've been with Joe Gibbs racing uh in some of the NASCAR bus series back back then. Can you talk a little bit about how how the sport has changed from back then to uh to now, which you are actually still racing in the which now is the NASCAR X series. Can you talk a little bit about how how everything has evolved and changed since you was with Joe Gibbs racing? Oh, it's it's night and day difference. Uh, you know, when I uh, was lucky enough to to come into sport, you know, obviously I still came in fairly late as a uh, race car driver, and you know, I've spent time uh, racing everything I could uh, get behind the wheel of. If it meant a midget, a sprint car, silver crown car, uh, you know, Indy cars, some some you know whatever. Like I said, if as long as they had a a gas pedal and uh, four wheels and steering wheel, brake pedal is optional. You know, I'd get behind <laughs> it and, and go wheel it somewhere and. Uh, you know, I was I was fortunate enough to to be a part of a couple of driver development programs, one by Ford, uh, another one uh, by Mopar, and you know those were great tests, and they you know they got me in front of the right people, uh, and I was able to get uh, an opportunity to test with Joe Gibbs Racing, which they signed me to a contract. So, you know, those days uh, unfortunately uh, are, have kind of long and gone, and you know since 2008 uh, the sport was was hit very hard. You know, obviously back when sponsorships flowed. Uh, amongst everybody uh you know everyone's spending a lot of money a lot of like people making a lot of money and you know it was it was a good time and uh you know it was kind of a wake-up call that uh you know they really needed to start focusing back on you know the budgets were spent and, and where all that money was going and you know it's certainly gotten a lot tougher and uh you know the way our sport is now you know there's uh you know still a very uh strong field of cars in, in all three divisions but yeah, uh, you know the the drivers uh, that are here aren't all here because of their talent. You know, there's some guys that uh, are are able to bring some sponsorship with them, and, and those driver development programs have mostly gone away. And uh, you know, for the uh, lucky few, uh, you know, like Christopher Bell, he's a fantastic driver, uh, a ton of talent, very bright future in our sport. He worked his way through, you know, the same ranks that I did through Open Wheel, and, and was lucky enough to be a part of the Toyota development program. And Ford has really followed suit here of late, trying to kind of recreate uh, 
you know, those those doors to where they can find drivers that have natural ability uh, behind the wheel of a race car, but may not have the means of, you know, coming up with those million dollars worth of sponsorship, you know, to get into the sport, get behind the wheel of a, a really competitive race car. So, uh, you know, it, it's good to see that, um, you know, times are changing and they're, you know, they're working on trying to again find that talent, but uh, it is tough. You know, there's, there's so many teams that have uh, uh, had to cut back their budgets or, you know, just don't have the sponsorship they need to really try to function like they would. And, you know, that goes all the way from the top down to uh, the bottom. So, uh, you know, it makes it tough, but, you know, we continue to fight. You know, I love being uh, uh, in NASCAR, and, and it's still, you know, a very large part of my life. And uh, like you said, I've been hitting and missing with some uh, Monster Cup energy races this year as well as uh, some extended races uh, to go along with it. And, J.J., you bring up a very good point. We've had uh, my good friend Brandon McReynolds, son of Larry McReynolds. We've had him on our show a couple of times. And mm-hmm. – He's a, to 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 throw that out there. He is a he is a good driver also, and you mentioned about these drivers bringing sponsorships up, and we've had also we've had uh, from uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway retired Humpy Wheeler. We had Humpy on two or three times, and Humpy has always said JJ that some of these teams or some of these sponsors don't look out to some of your corn-fed, corn-fed people in Iowa Speedway out that way to actually see what their talent is. And you bring up a good point. It's, it's not what you can bring to me. It's what your sponsor can bring to me, too. Correct, JJ? Uh, it, it is in a sense. And, uh, you know, I it's fair to say that, you know, a lot of your bigger teams uh, or larger teams in NASCAR have kind of given up in a way. And obviously it's uh, very expensive to have uh, people on payroll that are out chasing uh, sponsorships. And some of those people want retainers or you can go to marketing companies. And, uh, you know, there's just a lot of different ways to go out there and, you know, for these big companies to spend their marketing dollars. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of great companies that have come into the sport of NASCAR. Uh, some of them are still here, and, and you know we're very thankful for that. There's some that have come, and, and uh, you know we're treated unfairly. If it was a situation happened with the team, you know what have you, that just didn't leave you know that good uh, that good feeling with them. Even though being in our sport was tremendous for their business and uh, the return on investment, they just didn't feel comfortable with you know however they were treated. And, and again, sometimes that just depended on the team. Uh, and because of it, you know those the sponsors have gone on to. Uh, different sports if it's basketball you know you're sticking ball sports so uh, you know it, it's again it's it's difficult to uh to go out there and find new sponsors and again that's why we're very uh happy and thrilled to have steakhouse elite come on board uh looks like they're gonna step up and do some more races uh later on in the year and you know obviously this is the the perfect time for uh to have a sponsor like this when we look at uh, july 4th and our grilling time of the year run out to the grocery store and pick up some steakhouse elite burgers and throw them on the grill Amen, brother. And I know I don't want to keep – we've got coming up here on two minutes, uh, J.J., before our uh, show ends. Uh, sort, of get like, sort of give our listeners about where you expect. Are you going to try to uh, – you're going to try to lay back at Daytona? You're going to try to lay back and wait for what we call here at Tyler Douglas Super Speedway for the big one to happen? And where do you plan to <laughs> – where do you plan to – you know, I had to ask that question, J.J., but we're coming up no, here. No, absolutely. Just 
we're coming up here on just shy of two minutes before our uh, show ends, but let everybody know what you plan to do at Daytona International Speedway this weekend for the Coke Zero Sugar 400, and we appreciate you coming on, brother. Well, thank you. It's uh, it's kind of a crapshoot. I mean, it depends on the position you are, what point in the race. You know, obviously at the beginning, and I, I just assume not get up there and really start mixing it up. It seems like uh, you know somewhere around the end of first segments, usually whenever someone makes a little bit of a mistake and it costs uh, you know a handful of guys a good finish. But uh, you know, if it looks like we're going to get a little single file and run around the top of the fence, you really can't afford to be lagging back too far because uh, you'll lose that draft and. Uh, put yourself in position to, to possibly lose a lap, which, you know, obviously is uh, difficult to do, especially uh, when we're speed racing because we don't get enough cautions to where, you know, you can use some way around strategy or, or get the lucky dog. So, uh, you know, it really is just kind of play it by ear, wait and see, you know, see what's going on with the rest of the field. Uh, you know, usually when we go to Daytona in July, the racetrack has a lot less grip than what it does in February. And, uh, you know, handling becomes a, a lot bigger uh, part of, of what we do and get the cars ready for. So, uh, just hoping that, uh, you know, we've got Tony Furr, new crew chief on board. Uh, I guess he's been here about two weeks now. I've worked with him uh, years back. Uh, you know, very intelligent guy. He's got a lot of uh, a lot of experience. So, you know, if we get the car driving good, I mean, you never know when he goes speed racing. Anything can happen. So uh, uh, it would be wonderful to walk away with a top ten uh, late Saturday night. J.J., thank you very much, and good luck from uh... – from myself and my wife Suzanne to Spain. Thank you very much for taking time to come on. I know the uh, show's pissing in. We would like to head you early, but JJ, we'll we'll get you back on later, brother. Thank you very much. Be ben. safe at daytime, and we'll talk to you later, brother. That's fantastic, sir. Thank you. Thanks, JJ. We'll see you, brother. All right. Have a good evening. You too, brother. <laughs> 